Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade. I hope that everyone listening in the United States had themselves just a magnificent Thanksgiving. And uh, I have a, a recording made for the Friday following Thanksgiving. Uh, it's been... Well, it's been mixed and everything and posted. It was going to be posted. And then something came up on Friday that we couldn't get it all on the uh, on the website. It looks like we've reached our limit on Spreaker, uh, where they won't let us add anything more. I've got to fix that and get that all worked out. And, um, when I do, I think we're going to be migrating over to Anchor probably this week. This, this may be the first recording that shows up on Anchor, but just keep your ears open. Uh, to see what happens there. It looks like it might be a little bit easier to integrate on things like Spotify and a couple of other platforms so that the reach goes out a little further. I had hoped to get the quality of recording up before making that sort of move, but uh, we'll see where it takes us. Uh, At any rate, I hope that everybody had a really wonderful uh, Thanksgiving. We all have a lot to be thankful for living when we do. during this uh, during a time of, of trial because we know that hard times make strong men and now is a time when we get to see the emergence of the of the truly strong and that's a that's an incredibly uh, wonderful thing to witness the rise of honesty in a civilization uh, they, a sort of that, that sifting that takes place. We have to hope that we're on the right side of the sifting. So, but we have the gift that Christ gives us that we get to, uh, we get through our through our efforts and, and the graces that uh, the saints have, have merited on our behalf and that Christ has uh, freely gives to us. Uh, we may turn ourselves uh, from chaff to wheat, and we should take advantage of that. At any rate, we have uh, no new emails in the email, but I do encourage you to write in with any intentions that you may have. That's daily decade requests, decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests, plural, at protonmail.com. As we're coming into Advent, which was this past, the first Sunday of Advent was this past Sunday, unless, of course, you're on the Ambrosian right or in one of the Eastern churches, in which case you've been in the midst of Advent for some time. But... We started Advent. Today is the Feast of St. Andrew, which is an important feast day, uh, starting the Christmas season. There is a tradition of a St. Andrew's novena that said for those that are seeking to start a family. Uh, now, this is specifically recommended for those that are trying to conceive, but it seems to me that since the traditional use of it is to start a family... Um, I think you could probably extend it a little bit further than just the conception of a child. If you are currently single and uh, having trouble finding uh, a, a woman or a man who is faithful to Christ and uh, filled with a love of decency and the good things of, uh, of this life and the next, uh, I think the St. Andrew's Novena might be worthwhile uh, in a trying. So I'd, I'd recommend it to you. And I'll share something about it on the Telegram channel, and we'll get some other things uh, up and going. We still have to get that WordPress site up and going. I hope you all forgive me for not having that up yet. But we're, it's 
everything's a process. There's also a tradition of a St. Andrew's prayer that is affiliated with the Novena, but it's said it's, it's almost like a chaplet. It's not quite a chaplet because it doesn't have m- multiple prayer forms like you run into in most chaplets. It's just a single prayer. And it's said 15 times a day from now until the eve, the vigil of the Nativity, which is Christmas Eve, uh, as, a, as a devotion leading up to as an Advent devotion. Advent, Adventine, I suppose is the term. Adventine devotion. And I would recommend that. We've talked about Advent as a time of almsgiving, but obviously we don't want to neglect prayer, and we don't want to neglect fasting either. So this is a good prayer to accompany your the season of almsgiving. For now, the intention is that I'll, I'll pray for everybody uh, who's listening to this. We have, uh, there is a listener of the show who has not asked for prayers, but who is nevertheless currently uh, in <clears throat> making an effort uh, to build a family or to at least find those uh, foundation stones on which the family is built. And I'd like to say a special prayer for him. And I, I'd like also to pray for anyone who either is in the process of, of building their family up, starting starting to build a family, seeking the, those these raw, mater- raw human materials, uh, of a man or a woman, depending on, I assume it's mostly men that listen to this, but I'm sure there are some ladies as well, uh, if you're looking for a decent man, or if you're de- looking for a decent woman, men, uh, then I want to say a prayer for all of you, that this season of Advent, uh, this season of giving, uh, you may find yourself uh, a, a right upstanding, decent young man or young lady who, with whom you can start a decent Christian family. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, 
Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Andrew, first called apostle, pray for us. St. Michael the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So today is the Feast of St. Andrew, and I haven't often done special feast day reflections uh, as we've gone through this obviously there's a feast day almost every day of the week there are a few that are not commemorated in the mass you have the ferial days or uh, I think it's feria it's the pronunciation and on those days you don't have a saint commemorated but that doesn't mean there's not a saint on that day it just means there's not a saint commemorated anyone who's been following the telegram channel knows that we've got uh we actually don't have a formal relationship with this blog at all, it's Catholic Restoration. I just think it's an excellent, excellent blog. And we share a bunch of things from that blog. They have a, a saint of the day that gets posted almost every day. Sometimes he misses, he posts two in a day and does yesterday's saint today's or today's saint tomorrow. Uh, I try to get it, we try to get it up there whenever there's one post that try to get one up on the telegram channel as a reminder because the reflections are really quite excellent some of them are from the golden legend some of them are from uh other 
different sources. Uh, but they're always excellent, brief, hagiographic commentaries on the saints that are really worth reflecting on. A little bit more than you get in your daily missal. Although, you know, with some of the saints you get more than with others. St. Andrew's a big one, though. He's the first called, he's called St. Andrew the first called in the East. And he's, he's a big deal in the East because he's the apostle founder of the Patriarchate of Constantinople, which was, of course, uh, second in rank after Rome in the ancient Pentarchy of the Church. And I always thought it was interesting that you had the, the Pentarchy of the Church as a sort of mirror image of the uh, very worldly Pentarchy that you find at the very beginning of, of everything with Abraham and Lot. Abraham and Lot go into the Pentarchy, Salem, and among those cities are the three of the five are uh, Salem, which would eventually become Jerusalem, and that's ruled by Melchizedek, uh, who is a, a, a priest king of the Most High, and he, of course, after this battle, Abraham sits down with the kings of, of Salem and the king of Sodom, and the king of Sodom immediately starts talking about dividing up the spoils, the booty, and the uh, king of Salem, uh, Melchizedek, comes forth with bread and wine and offers it to the Most High, which is, of course, a prefiguration of the Holy Eucharist. So you have this pentarchy, and they have the same thing happens when the church is founded. You have a pentarchy that arises. You have uh, Rome, Constantinople, Alexandria, Antioch, and Jerusalem. And of these five that are, I think, formally uh, declared as the five heads of the uh, leading uh, metropolitan archbishops or patriarchs of the church at the Council of Constantinople, I think it is, the first Council of Constantinople. And Rome is, of course, the head, uh, Peter, and then his, followed by his brother Andrew, followed by... Um, I want to say Antioch because that was and that's also founded by St. Peter and then Alexandria founded I think it's Jerusalem next which is St. James and then Alexand Antioch and then Alexandria is last I, I think I think that's the order they're in but someone can double check me on the history there at any rate Andrew figures very large he looms very large because of course Constantinople is also responsible for the founding of what's called the Byzantine Commonwealth Byzantine Commonwealth which is essentially the sort of cultural whole of all the Slavic peoples, all these Eastern European uh, churches that arise that are loyal to Constantinople and eventually develop their own churches. So St. Andrew becomes the patron of Russia in addition to the patron of Constantinople uh, and in the same way that St. Peter is the patron of, uh, of Rome and really of, of, of Italy as a whole. And what I got thinking about was, uh, rather than talking about you know, Andrew as the first called and his place in the in the East and in the West, and he is a very important saint. He has the, he's crucified in a very unique way, um, the Persian manner on a, on a cross and X rather than the cruciform that we're used to. But it struck me as interesting because he plays such a large role as a national saint. The defining symbol of orthodoxy in the East, and I mean Eastern Orthodoxy with a capital O, 
is that three-barred cross. Now, there's a three-barred cross in the West as well, which denotes the papacy and the three and the three, the triple crown of the popes, which they've put away now, but which will come out again. But uh, that three-barred cross in the East is often thought of as a symbol of Eastern Orthodoxy and the Eastern Orthodox churches, but really it's unique to the Russians. It's St. Andrew's Cross. It's their St. Andrew's Cross. Uh, the Greeks have their own, that the um, the Jesus uh, uh, Nika, uh, which is Jesus conquers, Jesus Christ conquers, Jesus Christus Nika. Uh, that cross, I'm sure everyone has seen, it's, it's I, in, in, if you look at it as a Latin alphabet, it's I, C, uh, X, C, uh, N, H, K, A, and the cross in, inside the cross. That's a very standard Greek cross. And then there's a, a sort of cross flurry that's popular among the Antiochians. Each of these, and then of course there's the Coptic cross, which has some bleed over into the among the Alexandrians. But each of those symbols, even though they represent the Eastern Church, churches, the, these Eastern bodies of uh, Orthodox, Orthodox bodies, even though it represents their individual bodies, many of them are not recognized as being strictly Orthodox in the way that we look on them as Eastern Orthodox here in the United States or, or really throughout the Western world. It's that St. Andrew's cross that stands out. And part of that is because it is reflective of the national character uh, or of the of the cultus that grew up around St. Andrew among the Slavic peoples, and particularly among the Rus. Now, there's a cultus of St. Andrew that grows up in the West as well, and he's a national saint of Scotland in particular. He takes on a very important role as a national saint of Scotland, in fact. And even though Scotland itself has produced saints, great saints like St. Margaret, uh, St. Margaret of Wessex, who becomes St. Margaret of Scotland, a very great saint, very, uh, very great exemplar. Uh, nevertheless, St. Andrew has occupied a, an unchanging place there in the same degree that Spain, though it is a land of many saints, many great martyrs of the faith, great heroes, great confessors. Nevertheless, uh, San Diego, uh, St. James, nevertheless occupies a very important place in the Spanish, uh, I hate to use the word pantheon because that's not the right terminology, but uh, in in the wide uh, array of different saints that come from Spain, St. James occupies a, a very special place, and he is in many ways the national saint of Spain. And you see something similar with Saint Denis, Saint Dionysius in, in Paris, uh, occupies a similar place in the French uh, mind and in the French national uh, body. And in England, although originally St. Dunstan and St. Alban, and to a similar extent, probably even a greater extent than that, St. Thomas Becket occupied a very important place there, nevertheless the saint that seems to have held ground both among uh, Catholics and among the uh, Protestants in England uh, is St. George, who's again an ancient and eastern saint. 
when you have these in St. Patrick in Ireland, uh, of course, you have all of these national saints. And it's because when the apostles went forth and when their disciples went forth to convert people, they converted them not as individuals but as wholes, as tribal and national wholes. And as these nations either uh, sort of collapsed and then re-coalesced re- or, or coalesced uh, in the very first place, uh, as you saw this developing, they maintained their uh, they maintained their national saints, and the saints came to be representative of their national of these national entities. And we in America, things get a little bit more confused over here for a number of reasons. You know, there's a lot of different things that. Uh, that there's a lot of different roles that, that that we have to deal with here because we don't really have a unified nation. But the first step towards having any kind of unified and conscious Christianity on this continent, uh, I think, comes from identifying our roots, our spiritual roots, and the saints that made our people who we are. In Europe and really throughout the world, people encounter God, encounter the Church, and encounter Christ through the same avenues as their ancestors, and they appeal to the same saints as their ancestors. And the degree to which we have this in America, and really, I mean, Europe is becoming so mixed these days that they're starting to—they lose it themselves, but they at least have some kind of continuity they can latch onto, but here in America you can't do that so much. There's a great benefit to looking to the saints that our ancestors felt close to, because that devotion is repaid. The devotion to the saints, the devotion to Christ, the devotion to the church is repaid. It has real concrete results, real concrete Uh, effects and to experience our faith in the fullest sense to more deeply access it and to connect ourselves with the traditions that have preceded us there is an important element of continuity among the faithful and that means if you don't have a national saint at least you have family saints And you can look to the saints that have occupied a special place in your family as your patrons. In the same way that, you know, Father Ripperger talks about generational spirits in a positive and negative sense. The negative sense being the generational demons that afflict families. But also there's, you know, generation, there's angels and and guardian angels appointed to individual families and tribes and nations. In the same way, these patron saints play a very important role in sustaining, reinforcing, and cultivating the faith. And having a patron saint to which your family is devoted is an incredibly uh, effective way to maintain the faith in that family and to sow the seeds, to till the ground, and to prepare the soil 
for harvest after harvest after harvest of the faith. And so I would encourage all of you to look into your family history, talk to members, uh, faithful members of your family. If you don't have those, then it happens. Establish a tradition, a, a devotion to a saint that all of you in your family can share, especially if you're a father and you have a family that looks to you for guidance. Establish a devotion to a saint that can be handed down generation to generation and attach that saint to your family and put yourselves under the protection of that saint in the same way that you would with a guardian angel because the saints will intercede for us. And if we look to them and imitate their example and ask them for guidance, they'll give it. And so my prayer is for all of us I suppose it's almost self-serving to say that my prayer is that you'll all take my advice. But my my prayer more truly and, and the better prayer to give would be that if you do not have a patron saint, that a saint will seek you out and make himself or herself plain to you. That you may develop a devotion and through that devotion grow closer to the one whom all the saints imitate and whom all the saints seek our Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost Amen